This podcast on sexuality is part two of our February podcast on human nature. I suggest you first listen to that discussion on our nature as both spirit and flesh, since understanding our human nature shapes our understanding of our sexuality. Much of this presentation is pulled from the writings of Father Ronald Rollhauser, OMI. So grab that cup of coffee or whatever you like to brew, kick back, and let's get started. Sexuality is a powerful and passionate force, and that power and passion lies within us as humans. Sexuality is connected with God's life and love. In fact, Father Rollhauser says, and I quote, Sexuality is God's energy within us. I once read that the most tragic thing in life is to ask the wrong questions for the time we've been given to live. Life is about more than what's for dinner or where the party is this weekend. The most important question that shapes everything else is this. Is there a God or not? Does God exist? That's a yes or no answer, no matter how we perceive God. Since I did not choose, nor bring about, my own life, that answer shapes what I understand about my own existence, what's the reason and purpose for my life, and what I believe will happen to me the moment I die. For believers, we believe we are made in the image of God. God shares the divine life, and creation begins, and God sees it as good. But for humans, God said, let us make this one in our own image. Humans are wired with God's DNA. Being raised from the earth, we have consciousness of our own self, ability to reason, freedom in will to decide and choose, the capacity to love, to self-sacrifice, to know God, and, like God, to see all creation as good. We are specifically made like Christ. We hold both divine and human life, both spirit and flesh. Our best understanding of God is as a giver of self, completely to another, in love, with love, because of love. And God is faithful to that gift. Once given, God never takes it back. Our spirit is immortal. When we, too, give ourselves over to others, give ourselves as gift in love, with love, and because of love, then we become the image of the one in whose image we are made. According to Father Rollhauser, sexuality comes from the Latin word secare, literally means to be cut off, to sever, to disconnect from the whole. This is how we come into the world, crying, aware that we have been somehow cut off, separated, and disconnected. As we grow, 
consciously or unconsciously, we have an innate awareness that we were once part of a whole, something bigger than ourselves, not only from our mothers, but this innate awareness that I come from and yet am connected to a life beyond myself and the physical world. As part of something bigger, we by ourselves are incomplete. Our whole nature is oriented towards moving beyond ourselves, towards the wholeness from which we came. We long for connection, to belong to, to be part of, to be one with others. We long for relationship. Sexuality is the energy inside of us that works consistently and insistently against our being isolated and alone. Sexuality as sacred energy is the irrepressible urge to overcome our incompleteness and move towards unity with that which is beyond us. It is the impulse to celebrate, to be in relationship, to give and receive, to find our union to God by finding our way towards and with others. When we are in union with God, we overcome our selfishness and self-centeredness by going out to others, giving ourselves to others, being co-creators of life and moving towards connections and oneness with others. And like God, seeing all this as good. Sexuality is not simply about finding a lover or a partner. It's about overcoming separateness by giving our life over to community, family, friends, and others with whom we share this world. It's about becoming whole by uniting ourselves not only with others, but with all of creation of which we are part. Sexuality is the strongest force in human nature. A healthy sexuality will bring us to maturity and towards fulfillment of becoming who we are created to be, like Christ. Healthy sexuality is expressed in our selflessness, generosity, and thoughtfulness towards others in relationships and intimacy and connectedness. Unhealthy sexuality is using God's energy within us only for our own benefit and ego, leading us to narcissism, isolation, and exploitation of others. With an immature sexuality, we are least like God. Our happiness and growth in this life will depend on a healthy sexuality because it alone will lead us to wholeness, harmony, and ultimately to love. The fundamental task of our spirituality, which we spoke in February, is to help us understand and channel our sexuality in a way that leads to health, love and wholeness. Sexuality is the root of all love, life and blessing, 
but it is also the root of all violence, hate, destruction. Physical sex is a source of pleasure, affirmation, and an experience of unity beyond self. But it can also be responsible for rape, sexual harassment, murder, and suicide. Genital sex is only one aspect of sexuality, specifically physical. And we abuse that when we make this one aspect carry the entire meaning and purpose of all that sexuality is. Physical sex, important as it is, is only one part of human sexuality. No matter who our partners are, sex is always about our human spirit trying to connect and unite with what is beyond us. Because we are a spirit bound to a physical body. If we think of sexuality as nothing more than physical pleasure, only oriented to the body, it reveals a lack of maturity in understanding our human sexual nature. And over time, our spirit will show its wounds. If I cut a branch off of a tree and look at it the next day, I may not see the damage. But over time, I will begin to see the harm done by being disconnected and now isolated from the life of the tree. There are three types of physical sex and three outcomes or effects of sex. The first is abusive sex. We know this is destructive and is more about domination than physical sex. It can destroy and break one's spirit, scarring a person for life. We've come a long way in understanding how deeply damaging all sexual abuse is. Rape, exploitation, molestation, harassment, and being viewed in an overly sexualized way. Being violated sexually is different from any other violation of the body because it always touches deeply into the soul and one's spirit. Its pain is unique because our spirit is rooted in and always oriented towards love, which abusive sex destroys. The second type is casual sex. Casual sex is sex outside the context of a loving and caring relationship. In fact, no relationships required. It effectively trivializes sex. It's no big deal. It doesn't mean anything. We've disconnected it from love, and it cheapens the experience and expression of love. Sexual energy no longer includes giving of self to another. With casual sex and the hookup culture, we take love and relationship out of the equation. And without that, the spirit hurts and is diminished. We won't realize it if we live on the surface of our human nature by forgetting 
or ignoring that our true identity and core is a spirit, only temporarily bound to a physical body. Casual sex is deceptive and lacks integrity. Physical intimacy communicates love, care, and respect. It affirms the importance of the other person in our life and expresses our desire to give our whole self to another. Casual sex says, although I engage in this activity, I don't mean what this activity is communicating. It's a lie. I lack both self-awareness and maturity as a person. Two people meet at a party, hit it off immediately, have great chemistry, lots in common, and they spend the night together. In the morning, one calls their friend. I met someone. We hit it off, chatted the whole time, and spent the night together. I can't wait to see them again. Where this could lead, this person might be the one. The other calls their friend, great party, had a good time, and got laid. Where's the party tonight? Was it consensual? Yes. Did they mean the same thing? No. Someone got hurt. And that hurt was not physical. It was their spirit at the core of who they are that took a hit, while the other fed their own ego. Casual sex is mostly about the self, what's good for me and satisfies me. Again, it trivializes sex. On the one hand, sex has the power to damage and destroy one's life, leaving a deep wound on another's heart. On the other hand, it's no big deal. It's just something to do on a Friday night. It keeps my own spirit shallow. Sex without love, care, and respect may bring a fix, a hit, a drug that distracts from the pains and disappointments of life. But like alcohol, makes us feel good in the short term, but is damaging in the long term. The third type of sex is sacramental sex, which builds our spirit, fills it with love, and all that love means. And when I say sacrament, I'm not referring necessarily to one of the seven sacraments of the Catholic Church. A sacrament is a sign of something beyond self. When physical sex can bring one's own spirit and personhood as well as the spirit and personhood of the other. When the depth and center of both persons are engaged in the physical act, sex becomes sacred and expresses something of God's life which lies at the core of each person. Sacramental sex involves the heart and the spirit, not just the physical level. Sex becomes sacramental when the physical expresses something much deeper than itself. And at this level, physical intimacy expresses the following. It verifies their personal significance to each other. 
a reminder that they are the most important person in each other's lives. It is a recommitment of the total gift of self in love to the other and the mutual expression of acceptance of the other and the value of their relationship. It's a powerful act not only of love but of reconciliation, healing, and forgiveness. Hurts will appear in all relationships and physical sex can restore harmony beyond that hurt. When relationships begin to fall apart, usually the physical aspect is the first to go because it is the spiritual relationship, the deep loving union of our hearts and our whole selves that holds together people sexually. And third, it communicates to each other that we want to continue in this relationship. It not only communicates that, but it is an experience of gratitude, fulfillment, love, fidelity, and wholeness. In conclusion, with our human spirituality and our human sexuality, we have the capacity for unlimited love but we only have limited choices. We have strong forces within us which push us through life and our motivations for everything we do. But we have a choice how to direct, manage, express, and respond to these forces that will greatly define my life. In his book, Unconditional Love, John Powell tells the true story of one of his students, 24 years old, who was dying. When asked what it was like to be dying that young, the student answered, and I quote, When I was told that I am dying, I realized how much I was loved and how much I loved. I could now share and express that love. Dying young is not so bad. It beats being 50 years old and having no sense of who I am and no values in my life. Coming to know who we are as humans comes with a deep dive into understanding our very own nature as both flesh and spirit and how that shapes our understanding of our sexuality. The physical self is only temporary. Our spirit is eternal and has its life in the very life of God. So I ask each one of us, what will we do with that knowledge? It is my absolute pleasure and honor to introduce our two interviewees today to highlight the gift of sexuality in their lives. Today we have Dot and her husband Jeff joining us. Both are close to my heart as Dot is my younger sister and Jeff my brother-in-law. They have been married 26 years with three grown daughters.
They are part of their parish's pre-Cana team, preparing others for the sacrament of marriage. So I'd like to welcome Dot and Jeff to this podcast. Hello, Marion. Thanks for having us. Good to have you. Thank you, Marion. And so we'll dive right in. In going through the content of this podcast, you both touched upon how your understanding of human sexuality as gift from God and how you see it playing out in your lives. Can you share some of that with our listeners? As we begin talking, the Trinity comes to mind. Uh, we, have, we have God, we have Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit. Separate beings, but united as one. And that, that comes into the marriage as well. Uh, Dot and I are separate people, but we're united together through, through the marriage. From that comes the outflowing that we see from the Trinity. Uh, we, have, we have three kids. We support our parish with various, uh, various types of ways. Uh, we support our friends and family, the people that we work with. Jeff and I both believe that God should be the center of our marriage. We are both very insistent on trying to raise our children with our Catholic faith. And we see ourselves made in God's image, in his likeness. God unites us as one. And that's really how our sexuality plays out because we are one. And having that caring and interest and trying to support and commit and love the other person is something that plays in our everyday. But in general, it's really how we see our relationship with other people, just the human dignity to care about the needs of others and those are less fortunate. These are things we want our children to live and to learn and hopefully live God-filled lives when they grow up and teach their children. So this is all part of our human sexuality. Um, it's, a, it's a gift of grace from God and just trying to carry that on through our children. Thank you um, for that. Uh, the, the wisdom behind how you're living out your faith and how that shapes uh, your human sexuality. Uh, Dot, you mentioned how important mom and dad taught by example. And Jeff, you shared what you hope to teach your girls from your own example as a husband and father. Can you both speak a little bit about that, about how you model uh, your, your lives together? Mom and dad were great teachers. They taught by example. And even though they didn't specifically come out and tell you things, you always knew by their example what we were supposed to do and what we're not supposed to be doing. They devoted their life to prayer and to helping others and living simplistically. Mom was always very modest and she always made sure that we were very modest. And they stood up for what they believed in. Mom would go to the abortion clinics and protest, and she would always be collecting things for the poor. And the two of them were just really a good, strong union together, always looking out for other people. Just their having their faith every day and their commitment 
to each other and to us as a family. I was born in the early 60s and growing up in the 70s and 80s, nobody really talked about those things at that time. It wasn't like you would sit down and talk about that. Um, and, and times were also different back then. Teenagers weren't as involved in sexual relationships as they are today. And the world wasn't dictating it to the level of degree that it is today. Um, and it wasn't so accepted. And so, you know, there was, everybody kind of had this understanding and this moral sense of you grew up, you got, you got married, you had children. And we have, the world's changed so much over the last, you know, 40 years or so. And now it's just a little bit different. Um, you know, I think our parents were, they were kind of silent teachers, but they were really good teachers. And teachers I didn't know at the time, I may not have appreciated it. But now that I'm a parent and I have three daughters who are, you know, early 20s and late teens, um, it is something that, you know, we're experiencing through them or their friends in terms of dating and thinking, oh my gosh, what could happen? So I think um, we've really tried to talk to them about it and teach them about dignity and teach them about self-respect and teach them about their ability to have this sense of, of self-esteem. They don't need to be in a physical relationship to have that. And some girls have it all wrong and they think a little different. So I think that we've really tried to give them the support and the confidence that that's not something that needs to enter into a relationship. And that is better in the long run once you're in a married relationship, or at least a very committed relationship. And I think also, you know, if you look at scripture, we're created in the image and likeness of, of God. There's a nobility and a dignity that, to that. And what I've tried to do with, with our girls is to support that, that importance, that in all things that they do, you know, maintain that dignity and that nobility um, in their jobs and their friendships, sports that they play, how they conduct themselves. And, you know, certainly that carries over into the, the most intimate of relationships, you know, and that's the, the sexuality of, of humans. So that was my biggest, biggest quest for them, maintain that dignity. Thank you. You have, you know, wonderful insights that you share as parents that you are trying to lead by example and how to shape the girls to be uh, fully human and fully aware of who they are as daughters of God. The next question I wanted to ask is, you both talked about the confusion and damage that casual hookup culture brings as a misuse of our sexuality. Can you give any examples of that or how do you see that in what ways? One thing that stands out for me is in the American culture, especially we have a strong desire to show the quality of things that we acquire in life, whether it be our, our vehicles, our homes, our jobs, the schools that we go to. And it's, it's always touted as look, look at how good this is and the quality of this. And that's, that's held in such high esteem. But yet again, going back to the nobility of, you know, our sexual intimacy, people are willing to, to trade that or to trivialize it 
and accept the worst of quality, you know, to, to go out on a, on a, on a one night stand and it's purely physical. And to me, that's a sadness because you have something given to you at birth. That's of the highest quality, but yet we chase something that's, that's not real and materialistic and that we try to make that of a high dignity. I would add that I think that it's extremely harmful. Um, and when I've told that to my girls as well, to give away the very best of yourself for nothing is just, it's, that's not what it's intended to be, our sexual unions. It is the most giving thing that you can share with your husband or your wife. And that's where it belongs. And it's actually harmful over time because you cheapen yourself and you allow that to be done to you over and over again. And it's not in any way special and in not in what God intended. And at the same time, it can cause a lot of psychological problems, just the lack of self-worth over time, the depression, the anxiety. And I think the other part of it is that there's an expectation uh, on young people today that they should just do this. And it's so accepted and it's horrible. It's just, it's just horrible. And it's, you know, to, to not value our emotional feelings and our level of intimacy. And like Jeff was saying, it's, it's the most important thing. And it's really a gift for God from God. And to not value that is, is just, it's just really damaging over time mentally. And, and I think physically damaging, not even to talk about the other physical, the diseases that can cause long-term problems, including sterilization. Thank you, uh, both Jeff and Dot. Uh, your insights and, and the beautiful outlook that you have and beautiful conviction that you have about your own human nature and your own faith and seeing sexuality as, as God's gift and how you, with great intention, uh, are shaping your family and your models for others too. So I thank you for your openness and sharing uh, with us today. I appreciate that you took the time to allow us a peek into your uh, family, into your family life. So uh, thank you very much. And I appreciate it. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. I want to thank you for joining us in our considerations of our human nature and our sexuality. Join us next time in mid-June when we explore the notion of God and its impact on culture and society. In the meantime, peace and all good. And remember, the future is bright when we bring the light.